You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, wait until you see this. I just pulled this up for you. Remember a few seconds ago? A few, a few seconds, a few segments ago, I said to you that uh, I wonder how much land the federal government owns. I wonder how much land the states own, like how much of it is already owned by the government. Look at this. This is at ballotpedia.org. And this is uh, federal land by state. Let's just look at this. Alaska. So this is federal land ownership by state as of 2018. Alaska, the federal government owns 60.9% of Alaska. Arizona, 38.6%. California, 45.4%. Colorado, 36.2%. I'm skipping past all these ones that are 10 and 20 and stuff like that. Uh, Idaho, 61.9%. Uh, Nevada, 80.1%. New Mexico, 31.7%. Oregon, 52.3%. Wyoming, 46.7%. This is like, this is what the federal government owns. Now you go over to this other chart I found on summitpost.org. And this is public and private land percentages by U.S. states. And so this goes down this list. Um... U.S. states land ownership by percentage, and this is a percentage that is public land, a percentage that is private land. You have, was this Arkansas? Is that, no, what's, oh, Alaska. Total owned by um, the government. I think this is a combination of federal and state. 95.8%. Nevada, 87.8%. Utah, 75.2%. Idaho, 70.4%. Oregon, 60.4%. Arizona, 56.8%. This is insanity. Insanity, folks. Wow. Okay, so if this chart is correct, it's saying in the USA, 39.8% is public land. 60.2% is private land. Now, I'm not sure if this is federal and state and local all combined, or that's just state, because if that's state, and then the federal number shows the federal government owns 27.1%, that can't be right, because you would have a total of like 67% owned by the government. But if it's 60-40, so there you go, the government owns 40% of the land i mean we'll eventually go through that in a little more depth and figure that out because it really is interesting all right so let's finish up this energy certificate stuff all right so you know now how they're tracking you down to uh how many shoelaces you have in your shoe so if you're going to do that old 1980s look and you're going to have a black and a white shoelace laced together you're going to get charged some more energy points for that folks you'll be penalized for that All right, it goes on to say, for the production sequences, the perforations called for allow the use of photoelectric cell. 
By means of this device, it will be possible to register automatically and virtually instantaneously the date time amount and type of purchase as well as the complete record of the individual making the purchase total tabulations for the continent or any part of the continent will be quickly available at all times it will be seen how indispensable this system photoelectric cell and energy certificate will be for the maintenance of adequate production schedules and sufficient stocks by, uh, by it, many kinds of checks can be quickly made. If necessary, an individual's movements may be traced by his purchases across the continent, folks. You see the nuggets we pull from this? This is why it's important to go through all of it. And this is why I like to present these documents in full to you. Because you see how damning all of it is. Now, I could have went through this. Uh, last night when I read it, I could have highlighted the six or seven key points, and then I could have pulled those out. I could have made a video, made it all scary, put scary music. Da, 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 da. They're coming for you. They're coming for you. Instead, I review this whole piece with you as if I picked up the pamphlet at the grocery store. And now I'm reading it to you because it's important. But look right there. By it, many kinds of checks can be quickly made. If necessary, an individual's movements can be traced by his purchases across the continent. So it's just like when they implemented the, uh, what's that, the smart pass or whatever the hell they call those, the speed pass, the ones that you put up in your window when you drive on the highway a lot to go through the tolls. I don't have one. Never got one. My friends got those, what, 20 years ago when they came out? Nope. Never did it. Never did it. I didn't want them tracking me all over the place. I drive an older car. I don't like the computer in my car. And uh, I'm going to actually, I've been doing it somewhat. I'm going to make it more religious where I don't go out with a smartphone. I use an old-fashioned uh, Garmin GPS if I need to or whatever. But around here, I just don't even do it. I don't want them tracking me. I don't want them tracking me. And so with this, think about the COVID pass we were all talking about. Think about these uh, your passport with the RFID chip in it. Think about all this stuff that people willingly submit to. Think about the real IDs, right? And now with CBDC, we've already heard they're going to be able to track where you're going. Oh, did you make a purchase outside of your neighborhood? Oh, you're in deep trouble for that. Deep trouble for that. You're going to be penalized. You lose 20 energy points. See, all this was thought about, folks. 1938, this was published based on stuff written back in 1933. It goes on to say, technological accounting. We find the energy certificate to be then a methodology of technological accounting, a methodology of technological accounting which applies the same rigid menstruation that our mass production of today employs and has to employ in its swiftly moving flow lines of intricate equipment and multifarious products. Inflation, deflation, fiat, money, social dividends, etc. are and have to be dismissed as instruments for the distribution of an abundance of goods and services. They all presuppose a condition of scarcity with its 
corollaries of value, demand, and supply, haphazard and meager flow of goods and services, and a political interference control superimposed upon the functions of a national economy, right? So they're saying inflation, deflation, fiat money, social dividends, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm telling you right now what's happening is you're seeing the raw at some point, as I've said here, the final rug pull is coming where they're going to move you into this system. Right. So right now we're in this mass inflation period, but these are all going to be used as the excuses to drive you in. All right. So if you have a half a million dollars, let's say you saved up in your 401k, they can use inflation to shrink your 500,000 down to the buying power of $10, right? They can do that. And then they're going to say, oh my God, we're sorry. What are we going to do? Boom. UBI, CBDC. So all these are instruments that are being used to drive us into this system. Now, when we created this system in the beginning, maybe it had good intentions. Well, it either failed on its own or they orchestrated the failure of it. Either way, it failed. And that is why I'm saying they already moved us into the new system. They just didn't tell you yet. Although they did. They did tell you. George H.W. Bush told you that we were in the new world order. But then for some reason, we believe we're not in the new world order and we're still stopping the new world order, but we're not in the new world order. Either you're in the new world order or you're not. If you're not, then what are we fighting against? If you are, then why are you pretending you can stop it? Instead of worrying about how you're going to navigate it, how you're going to uh, thrive in it, not just survive in it. All right, it goes on to say, today, wealth is measured according to the possession of the medium of exchange. A person's possession may have originated through channels, either ethical or unethical, legal or illegal, socially detrimental or beneficial. But once in possession of the medium of exchange, the holder may apply it. Uh, may apply it with little thought to social responsibilities. The only limiting factors being his shrewdness and the volume of tokens at his command. And under modern corporate enterprise, the volume in his command will far surpass that in his actual possession. Right? And under modern corporate enterprise, the volume in his command will far surpass that in his actual possession. The technate will not prohibit by legalities, these uses are abuses. The energy certificate mechanism automatically excludes all possibilities of their occurrence. Right? So they're talking about ending <laughs> what they're actually saying there in a roundabout way. You're going to see this laid out later. There's no wealth. Okay? You're not accumulating wealth. Everyone is equal. Everyone gets the same exact allotment of energy certificates. And there is no value to your work. All right, and you cannot make money off the books. That is not how this system works, folks. Goes on to say the energy certificate is a methodology, a mensuration, and in use becomes a dependent and variable and integral part of the totality of operations. By contrast, all media of exchange represent values, fictitious or only ostensibly based upon physical objects, distinctly apart from or merely a unit of the totality of operations. The media of exchange must always be restricted 
to processes of evaluation and can never be a process of mensuration. The energy certificate will not partake of that miraculous feature of a medium of exchange expansion at a compound rate of interest and it has nothing to do with that other convenient property of a medium of exchange which allows manipulation in such a manner as to result in a handsome multiplication of the leaving with which the first transaction is affected. We must mention here that the original nest egg may have been a borrowed one. Few laymen have bothered themselves to trace deposits and bank loans logically through a series of transactions. A truly municent golden cow has been milked for its cream by the financial world. All right, so now let's look at this next part. Right when we get back, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is it. This is the foundation of exactly the system that they are talking about openly. We're quickly moving into it. This all started, folks, many years ago, okay, when they introduced credit cards, when they introduced debit cards, when they started getting people to not carry around cash with them, and you were operating on this uh, sort of digital system, all right, then we had PayPal, then we had Venmo and Cash App, and there's a million of them now, Google Wallet, Apple Wallet. That's what it is, folks. These are just tokens, all right? So this is the system that is being implemented now. That's why I say the plans were written back here in 1933, but they've been architecting this going all the way back, I will say right now, to FDR and the Social Security system, all right? That was the beginning of it. Then the technology has slowly been architected slowly been built and they've been rolling out the infrastructure but that's why i said we're no longer if you want to look at technocracy as a form of government we are no longer under a constitutional republic i'll be right back ladies and gentlemen this is dust to gold with the dust to gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, let's finish this up because... I was just looking at my notes here, my trusty notebook. I mean, I'm expending all types of energy credits with how fast I write. But when I open up tomorrow's show, it's going to be episode 83, folks. We're going to open up with the eight predictions for 2030 written in, I believe it was 2016, by the World Economic Forum. And you are going to be mind-blown when you hear what those predictions are and we compare that we parallel that to what we just read here in this 1938 document the energy certificate by technocracy incorporated you're going to literally think it came out of the same exact outfit folks you're going to say klaus schwab needs to be sued by howard scott for copyright infringement that's what needs to happen now folks all these guys work for the same people this is 
frankly amazing. I mean, seriously, I feel enlightened and I feel true hope because I'm waking up from the true shadows. We're actually breaking through the matrix for real. Everything we've talked about over the last 81 episodes is finally all coming together for me. I'm seeing it as a clear picture. All right, this says values and marks. The disappearance of values and tangible objects within a advancing technology approaching full uh, uh, automaticity is a fundamental factor not anticipated by the Marxian theory of values, nor by any other social philosophy. The disappearance of value automatically invalidates all social philosophies as a potential solutions of our social problems. Social philosophies are based on assumed moral values of human effort. Huh. Assumed moral values of human effort. See, they're taking humans out of the equation, folks. As I told you, end goal engineering of humanity out of existence you know why because even in this authoritarian control system this prison planet they developed in the end there is still going to be human behavior and they cannot overcome that so the humans themselves have to be engineered and wait until i don't know it it might take 10 episodes you're going to start to see many of the guys behind technocracy were also big in the eugenics movement And that's engineering humanity. Everything we're seeing today with the gene editing, DNA splicing, cyborg soldier crap, that all comes from these guys. That's how this all started. We can go back to Julian Huxley. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people we're going to talk about. It says, previously, that item which was scarcest and involved the largest expenditure of human effort was the highest in value. Now, in a sea of abundance, one who stubbornly holds fast to a social philosophy and values is much like the poor hen who, with bewilderment, hatches the ducklings she has hatched take to the water. She herself lacks the web feet required for swimming and cannot understand such uh, peculiar goings-on. As a case in point, let us consider one compound without which no life can continue on this globe, air. Uh, On this globe, air. Air has never yet been subjected to the operations of trading, financing, mortgaging, loaning, borrowing, evaluating, or any other manipulations of the price system. Why? Because its bountiful supply has never permitted the creation of a demand. With it, there never has existed the opportunity of introducing the concepts of value and human labor, which form the basis of the Marxian theory. Now, we joke for years, I mentioned this with Jim, about taxing air. If they could strap a regulator on your face all day and charge you for the air that you breathe in, they would. All right. But because, and they're correct about this, there's an abundance of air. It's a known fact. There's oxygen all around us. They have a very hard time pulling that off because they can't even trick you into believing they can measure it. But they can assign a carbon tax on you for how much carbon dioxide you actually breathe out or how much carbon dioxide is produced by the goods that you're buying. That's the scam. So instead of taxing the air, they're taxing the carbon dioxide. It's frankly brilliant. If you were an evil person, these are the people you'd want to work for, folks. 
It goes on to say, the characteristics of air can be duplicated with any other needful thing if we establish the requirement of abundance. There might be much said in disposing of Major Douglas's social credit theory. Eventually, we'll talk about that as well. Fisher's commodity dollar, Saudi's treatment of the monetary structure, and other such schemes. In theory, they differ, but in application, they all deal in evaluation and therefore must be declared uh, inapplicable in an era of abundance where there are no values. It did happen that Saudi, or Saudi, an outstanding scientist, came remarkably close to the projection of the unique civilization required in an era of abundance, but ear too late. He remembered that he was an English gentleman, inescapably charged with the uh, preservation of all that for which an Oxonian tradition stands. The energy certificate furnishes the molecular mass with a medium whereby it presents its mandate unequivocally and continually to the administrative mechanism without representation, delegation, referendum, or any other device of previous social administration. The energy certificate is the only instrument of distribution which can be used in this continent's emerging era of abundance. There can be no era of abundance without a new America. The energy certificate will be the instrument of distribution in the new America. And so as you're seeing now, it's going to be the new world, ladies and gentlemen. The new world. And uh, now we're at the end of the energy certificate. And so here they have Field Magazines of Technology, Inc. And so uh, if you're watching the video version, you'll see these. I'm not going to read through them. Some of this stuff I've already collected. It says, become a regular reader of at least two of these magazines. On the back page, there's a quote from Howard Scott. It says, the injection of monetary concepts into all discussions of national wealth and income wholly confuses the people as to the actual issues at stake and furthermore serves as a handy screen behind which with a little word juggling the business political operators of the price system can continue their profitable activities without being too greatly embarrassed by outside interference it is high time that the significance of national wealth and income be understood by every citizen on the north american continent howard scott all right folks now actually what i'm going to do because we have a few minutes i'm going to pull this up on the screen this is the world economic forum while this is all fresh in your head i might as well just give you a little bit of teaser what we're going to get into tomorrow this is the World Economic Forum, November 12th, 2016, eight predictions for the world in 2030. And we'll eventually show the video that goes along with this. And it says right here, I'm going to actually skip, you know what, I'll read that. It says, as Brexit and Donald Trump's victory show, predicting even the immediate future is no easy feat. Remember, Trump had just won here. When it comes to what our world will look like in the medium term, how we will organize our cities, where we will get our power from, what we will eat, what it will mean to be a refugee, it gets even trickier. But imagining the societies of tomorrow can give us a fresh perspective on the challenges and opportunities of today. We asked experts from Global Future Councils for their take on the world in 2030, and these are the results. From the death of shopping to the resurgence 
of the nation state. Now, folks, let me be clear here. So this is right after Trump won, beginning of November 2016. What about a week later? And this was also before COVID land, the high school theater production kicked off in December 2020. So you have November 2016 and then December 2020, right? But just listen to this. As we just went through the energy energy certificate. It says, number one, all products will become services, right? Quote, I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes, end quote, writes Danish MP Ida Aachen. Shopping is a distant memory in the city of 2030, whose inhabitants have cracked clean energy and borrow what they need on demand. It sounds utopian until she mentions that her every move is tracked, and outside the city live swaths of discontents, the ultimate depiction of a society split in two. Wow. Wow. Does that not sound like a dream come true of the Technocracy Incorporated and the energy certificate? I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. Now, let me go back to the energy certificate here. What was this? Page 13, I think it said here. Something about not owning anything. Where was it? Uh, The certificate is valid only for the purchase of items individually consumable. Means of production and distribution are not obtainable by the individual. The individual owns nothing beyond his immediate personal implements and apparel. Owns nothing. Owns nothing. But look, you owned your apparel back then. Well, in the future of 2030, as seen by the World Economic Forum, I don't own any appliances or any clothes. I borrow everything. And so as you're going to see, as we get deeper into the Technocracy Incorporated tomorrow, and I show you all eight of these things that were predicted in 2016 for the future that lies ahead for 2030, you will see how it lines up with the plans that were drawn up in 1933 by Technocracy Incorporated, folks. It all connects. We're going to show you the plans for Howard Scott about how no one owns a car. All makes and models of cars will be gone. Only one car will be made by the state. And in the world we live in today, you basically don't own it anyway. Most people lease it or they get a loan payment on it. And at the end of the day, it has a computer in it. And so the manufacturers, the government, whatever, can do anything they want. They can even turn it off on you and you can't use it. And so as we move forward further into the technocratic system and these guys lift the veil on themselves and they tell you that's the system you're in, you're going to own nothing. We're going to see Klaus Schwab talk about this, owning nothing. We're going to go back to his 2016 paper, his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and we're going to show you what he says about taxis and the human cloud, which is gig work. You're going to see how all of this stuff, folks, grew out of 1933, and that is why I call these documents that we found the founding documents of the government of the technate that we find ourselves living in today folks 
lift the blindfold. You have been freed. You know the truth. And now we will continue to explain it to you so that you can figure out what are the real options we have. We can figure out together what are the solutions. Can we get around this? Can we escape it? Can we outrun them? Can we start to save now? Can we build up homesteads? Do we need to get together and build a breakaway civilization? Whatever those solutions may be, whatever we come to, we will at least know that they are realistic and we are not just beating ourselves over the head, running in circles. We will actually be able to devise a plan to work around this system or figure out how to live inside the system, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I want to know how to thrive, not just survive with what is coming. I don't want a life of accepting 20,000 energy certificate crap from this technocratic state where we're all sitting around eating ramen noodles and cans of baked beans. Sorry, I'm not going to live in that system and my child is not going to live in that system. I will fight as hard as I can to make sure this doesn't happen or to at least provoke an uprising where many of us pack our bags, leave, and we'll go set up a half Amish community somewhere and we will defend our property and defend our human rights. Because never forget, this is a war on humanity. These people waged the war, not us, not us. We did not come after them. But everything they're doing, the slave state they're building, the eugenics they're involved with, the genocide that they're pushing, they declared war on us. Wake up your friends and family. It is time to start figuring out how the hell we exit this prison planet matrix. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Have a wonderful week. I'll be back tomorrow. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion. at pain.tv slash gold.